Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of The Mom Game is brought to you by our friends at Gateway Buick GMC at LBJ and Jupiter. I know that buying a car can be stressful, but not at Gateway because their slogan is Gateway's got it. And just what does that mean? Well, it means Gateway's got a wide selection of new Buicks, GMCs, and GM certified used vehicles, all competitively priced. Gateway's got it. In these busy times, you want a car dealer who makes things easy and convenient? Well, guess what? Gateway's got it. When you log on to gatewaybuickgmc.com, look for the shop, click, drive button. This allows you to shop from the comfort of your home, and who doesn't want that? In fact, it's as easy as one, two, three. One, select your vehicle. Two, create your offer. Three, schedule your delivery. And on top of all this, Gateway Buick GMC offers complimentary car washes for life. So when you want a dealer who has it all, Gateway's got it. You can find them online at gatewaybuickgmc.com or shop in person at LBJ and Jupiter. GMC, we are professional grade. Experience the new Buick. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Mom Game Podcast. Emily, we are at episode number 85. 85, this is a big one. This is a big one. We're doing something right, and we have a very special guest for episode number 85. We have my friend, my former, but still kind of sort of co-worker. It is Bob Sturm from The Ticket, host of The Hardline from 3 to 7. Bob, how did it take us so long to get you here? I'm so sorry. I'm I'm honored. 85, That's that's better than... 185. There you go. So I was somewhere on your list. So that's cool. I'm For here. the record, he's my friend too. Yes. And yeah, yeah. furthermore, it's because y'all's schedules were so jacked for so long. That's true. We didn't have a chance. Right. It, it physically didn't, couldn't work out um, because of well, our shoot like schedule. Well, like I told Corby, it's um, part of the reason why I had to leave the 10 to 3 shift is so I could have you guys on the yes. mom game and right. that it would fit better with everybody's schedule. But you yes. were telling him that scheduling him before me. Oh well, this is your this is your friend. This is your friend Bob. Oh, you just claimed it too, but now he's my friend. I I would have scheduled Corby as well. He, He. We we find out on a regular basis he has a way more exciting life than I have. I don't. I don't know that that's true. I don't I know that's true. The evolution of your life, the yeah. fact that you are where you are now, and then the stories you've told about where you came from, right, is pretty amazing. Okay, fair. So we, let's go back. Okay. Let, let's start way back when Bob was a wee little Are boy. Are we starting with baby Bob? I want to start with baby. I think it's okay. important to be. I, I think when we have sports term here, yeah. we need to be factual. We need to be chronological. Okay. We need to be organized. He wasn't always bald. He wasn't always bald. <laughs> yeah. But when you were born, you were bald. And uh, then yeah, you're bald and, again. Yeah. And it all comes full Grew circle. Grew some awkward hair and then got rid of it as fast as I could. There was hair at some point. Yeah. But you lived a very... From what I can tell, sheltered and conservative life. 
Yeah, I would, uh, you know, it's all, it's all weird uh, as you're experiencing it because it's your only childhood, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, don't, you don't know any different. Yeah, you don't know, you think all the kids uh, probably uh, go through this. But no, looking back, yeah, there's no question that uh, I come from a background that is best described as uh, probably, you know, the footloose uh, environment uh, that was described there where where uh, we don't we don't want to uh, dance. Could you not dance, really? Um, I never really cared yeah. that much, Julie. Have I don't you, know have if you I've ever danced. Period. Uh, very awkwardly for <laughs> one song, just to make my wife happy, and then uh, get back to my seat and get back to scrolling sports scores. But yeah, uh, yeah it's just it was um, it was a weird it was a weird uh, environment growing up, just in the sense of. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of rules and, uh, I suppose some of them served me very well and some of them, I still scratch my head on why that was a real priority, but yeah, it's, it, it, it definitely set the table for, for, I guess what, what turned into me, right? So how does that <laughs> affect the way you parent now your children? Oh, immensely because, uh, now I'm stuck in my own head about, okay, so if I didn't like A, B and C, uh, I, let me try D, E, and F. And, you know, then you're like second guessing, like, okay. Uh, so, so, you know, for instance, a, a good one would be music. Okay. So, so music was heavily, heavily legislated in my childhood. Like I remember pitching Michael Jackson's thriller to my parents. Like, uh, I really would love this. I mean, I was like 11 or 12 yeah. and you know, your first album and you, you wanted to buy the, the uh, CD. Yeah. meekly approach. There wasn't a, there wasn't CDs. No, then, no Jules. tapes. We were doing tapes. I don't know. Anything, I know. Beyond, anything before me, how am I supposed to know? So Between records so and CDs, we had tapes. Yep. That, that was my era. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cassettes. I've heard of that. Right. The, right after eight tracks, which, which I got would, on the tail end of eight tracks. That's strong. Tail end of eight tracks. Which you would pop Jeez, in man. your little Walkman. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and the have to rewind it back to the song you like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I, I pitched a thriller, and and that was not not gonna happen. So Michael Jackson was just way way off the board of well, what it could be. Turns out they well. were maybe <laughs> they were maybe on to something. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of us didn't know they were right. Yeah. Come to think of it, you might be honest. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so so my approach was always so uh, you know as a kid you come up with this real convincing argument as to why this is all stupid. Right. And for me, uh, especially growing up as, you know, kind of a, a rap fan, uh, mm -hmm. but, but I was always, you know, kind of hiding it from my parents because I knew that wouldn't be real popular, but I was into like Public Enemy and LL Cool J and nice. Cool Moody and all that stuff. Aww. And so, so as you're going through that, you are basically pitching to anyone who will listen uh, that music is very similar to like cowboy movies. The actors aren't actually cowboys and they're just kind of taking you to a place where your imagination can kind of go through that process. And these are just storytellers. It's not really watching a cowboy movie did not convince me to be a cowboy. It, it just entertained me for a couple hours. And that's what this album does. I like, yeah. like I don't actually want to live in Compton you know, I, 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 I'm sure it's great, but it's probably not for me. I'm just going to stay here, but I don't mind listening to, uh, you know, Dr. Dre or easy E kind of explain to me what their experience is like, similar to a cowboy, you know? And yeah. so, so that was my approach. Well, then when you become a dad, 
of a teenage son or sons or, you know, the, the, my, my three, I've three teenagers now, but, but it's, so my approach was none of this matters. You know, listen to whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And, you know, obviously that wasn't the right approach either because, uh, you know, then you're trying to express to them that this is all just sort of uh, people generally acting like even even a musician that feels like he's being true to himself is kind of trying to give the audience what he thinks they want. And so the super casual approach on everything, and I'm not even worried about language anymore, but their super casual approach on like drug use or, or just, you know, how they view women or just anything like that. You're like, Oh, okay. So we do need some rules. And so, so you're, you know, you're constantly overcorrecting way to the, you know, it's players manager, you know, um, you know, <laughs> hard you know, ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just keep going back and forth, and and you realize after a generation that you you're just running in place. Yeah, like you're not actually making any progress because you're just turning the steering wheel back. And in the that's other direction. what parenting is, isn't it? It's 100%. Like, it's like when they're little, you're figuring it out day by day. You finally figure out one phase. They get to the next one, and then that one's like, okay. I, everything I had figured out has now changed totally. and then it continues and continues and continues. And yes. that's why parenting is one of the hardest things in the entire world, but yeah. Yeah. The most and, rewarding. Yeah. And perhaps. you know, it's also the fun conversations that we all have. Um, and I'm not even sure if we're supposed to have them or not, but we just have them because we're humans and the questions are, okay, well, what, you know, do you want a boy or a girl? And that's a simple conversation until you actually parent. And then you come up with real strong theories that you then find out were kind of crazy, but you felt, you know, so like, I, I think parenting a girl is so much easier than parenting a boy. Okay. Why is that? I don't know. And it might just be my experience Uh with my girl versus my boys, but, but she, would your wife say the same thing? That's a great because question. You hear about the, yeah, the ba- that battle between moms and yeah. adolescent girls, right. and it, I, I mean, I'm I'm so terrified because my girl yeah. is so headstrong and batshit crazy that I'm like, we're we're completely screwed. At yeah. This point. So yeah. I wonder if your wife would say the same thing. No, I I think I think we have very different you know, experiences with each of our three teenagers, which, which, you know, again, then we're back to comparing notes. And sometimes I feel like I'm like performative parenting as to how I'm going to be scored by my wife, as opposed to what my intuition tells me. And, and, and so you, you debate about which gender is easier and then you debate what stage of being, you know, the, the, the children are the, the, the most aggravating. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, by the time you get, comfortable with it it's over mm-hmm. that's i and then think they're gone yeah mm-hmm. and and then you uh then you spend the rest of your life probably second guessing everything you did based on every event in their life mm-hmm. like like I, I think i think part of the experience is probably beating yourself up as much as possible mm-hmm. that's a great human experience is i'm, I'm lousy at Amazing. everything I'm failing and I failed now my kids. And so if they get in any situation, they get fired from a job, they, they, they fail a class, they do anything. And you're like, Oh, I knew I did this wrong. You know? And really? so, well, it's just, you know, I, maybe it's how I'm wired, but yeah, but yeah you want to take, you want to take responsibility because at your core, you want to believe that, that your role matters. Right. Like, like, like it, it is matters. 
but to an but extent, right? Yes. Like a lot of it is your your kid is your kid, and no matter what you yes. do, they're gonna make mistakes and they're gonna make their own decisions and choices. And so I think you can't take too much of the blame for things that go wrong or too much of the praise for things that go right. But everyone obviously looks at that differently. Yeah, and that's I think that's probably where you where you reach that proper stage of of thinking is that you you understand like like many of us are from multi-kid families and we realize how different our siblings are from us mm -hmm. even though our parents probably largely did the same thing except you know the further down you go down the line right. the, the youngest kid doesn't get any pictures taken yeah you know but um yeah it's 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 a weird it's, deal it's interesting right it's, it's like a, our, yes. kids are different because they're different people but also like how much influence does the parent have on the kid? If you can have the same parents, three kids and the three kids are totally different. Right. Where it's a lot to think about. Right. But it's so much to think <laughs> about. And, and, you know, for me, even though you didn't ask, uh, you, can tell you, me you made me, you made me think of something else. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's the question of how do you make them hungry? Yeah. Like, like how do you make them want to get out of bed and accomplish things? Yep which comes so natural to me, but it always did. Yeah. You know, I've like, I've, I don't think I've ever had a boss say we need more out of you because. And why do you, th we're just going to keep getting philosophical. Sure. Here. Yeah. But Where does why, that come do, why do you think you were like that? Was that something related to your upbringing? I don't know. That's a good question. I just, I just have always, you know what? It, here's what it is. My hobbies have always been my job. Yeah. Like, like most people aren't that lucky. Most people have a job that they do their best at so they can free up time for their hobbies. Uh -huh. But what if it's the same thing? Well, you're the luckiest you guy in the world. escape it. Yeah, I'm the luckiest guy in the world in one sense. On the other sense, I don't know when I'm working and when I'm playing, you yeah. know, honestly. And, and, and so I, every day all I think about is this, whatever it is. Right. And so – is it a job? Is it what I would do if I didn't have a job? So, so I, you know, I, I think that even puts pressure on my kids to say, well, what do I want to do with my life? Well, dad figured it out when he was like two. Yeah. How come I can't figure it out? Uh, which goes back to my weird upbringing of knowing it's weird. what I, it's right. It's well, it's, it, okay. It's very different from where you are right now, considering where, what, what you're doing right now, especially considering the station you work at. We, if, for those who don't know, if you're listening and being like, who is Bob Sturm? It, Why does he talk so much? You don't. Uh, <laughs> Bob has been on the ticket for 20 plus years. 23. Yeah. And the ticket, of course, is where Julie used to work. We have to, we have, we have listeners in like. We uh, do. Afghanistan kinda... and okay, places. Cool. So we have Shout to make sure they know. Shout so the, out to everybody the, out there. The, yes. <laughs> we're big in Chicago and I don't know. We're, it's it's we, weird. There's a heat map somewhere. And so cool. we're trying to make everybody happy. But so you were in the, the noon to three shift. I, before that, that was before my time here. But when I got here, you were noon to three. Yes. Um, and then you recently moved. Not recently. It's been years now. Uh, two, three. Almost two years Okay, January. two years. Yeah. Um, moved to the drive time hard mm -hmm. line from three to seven. Yes, ma'am. Anyway, um, so, but the ticket, for those of you listening in Afghanistan who aren't aware, is a mm -hmm. very, um, it's a, it's a bit of a cult. It's yes. a bit of a cult, which I, I, I say that with the highest regard and with the highest compliment, we, we, we're doing our best to create a cult here on the mom game. It's working. Um, obviously. And it's, it's, it's 
something that I've, you've, I've never seen accomplished in uh, in a media platform, the way the ticket has been able to do it to create this cult following. It has also been traditionally um, a, a very much a boys club. Yeah. Um, you know, totally. Ju- Julie, you know, there's been Layla Rahimi was there for a little while. There's mm-hmm. been some dabblings here and there. Shout out to Chicago. Um, shout out to Chicago. Yeah, yeah just yeah. got a new maybe job. Maybe she's our listener. Shout out. Just like, maybe. maybe it's Layla. <laughs> Layla, I hope you're listening. Um, you know, and then Julie was kind of the, probably the most prime. She was the queen of the ticket. I There's mean, no she doubt. is, um, and, and I loved seeing that reception of her. And I loved also too seeing you guys kind of squirm for a while yeah. because you're like, uh, what is what this? Do I, do? I mean, it's like telling your dad, you started your period. Right. Like it, it's, it's, <laughs> which, which my dad I sent, totally relate. sent me to the doctor. Like, yeah, yeah. You, they, you know, it's like, uh, doesn't know what that's like. Right. I mean, you tell like, it's like me telling John Blake, my boss at the Rangers, like I'm having cramps or like anything female related. And he's like, oh, I just, whatever you, whatever you need, whenever yeah, you yeah, need to come yeah. back, you know, just stop talking about just it. Just stop talking about it. So to see you guys kind of, I don't know, squirm, but what my whole point was yeah. you coming from your background and ending up at this total dude frat party, which right. is what it was a lot of the time. You were definitely the most serious of the fratsters, but it definitely is this, th- that had to be somewhat of a easing into process for you that I'm sure was you had internal battles with oh, with yeah. yeah little bob yeah what's really weird about it is uh where i'm from i was the cut up who would get in trouble ooh so this is like ready for a cowboys reference here we go bring it this is like cooper rush was absolutely the best quarterback he ever knew sure Absolutely. At a much lower level. So he gets here and everybody's like, man, I can't believe you made that throw. I've been making this throw my throws my whole life. Yeah, I'm how just, do you think I got here? I'm just surrounded by these absurd athletes who can do anything. So you could be the class clown in your class. Right. You could be the guy who's on the brink of suspension and, and all these things at your real strict school. So you were a bad boy. I mean, relatively Rel- speaking. Okay, okay. But then you walk into a know. world with Gordon <laughs> and Corby and these guys, and you're and like. Dan, who's your like partner. Yeah. And, and, you're, just, the, and you're just I mean, like. He I'm, says the most inappropriate <laughs> stuff of anybody, I think. And you're like, I'm Cooper Rush. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm surrounded by these guys. And <laughs> I so, wish we had drops because I would make that a drop. So now. Uh, so now I'm the guy, you know, that's, that's really serious and, and, and I am, but I, you know, but I'm, I'm not. So that's, that's the weird, that's the weird dichotomy yeah. of it all. And, and then of course, yes, being the Christian guy was the real weird thing because, um, I mean, look, I went to Liberty. Okay. And I know what that means the second you say it. And, but, but here's the crazy thing. When I went to Liberty initially, it was thought of as I went to like Berkeley. I went to like the most liberal Christian school available really? okay. because my my upbringing was way stricter than Liberty. Okay, people can't process what I just said, but it's true. If like Liberty's thought of as a sort of super strict whack job school, and to a point, it kind of is. But <laughs> if you went to a school even stricter, then you know your pastor's like, man, I don't know if you should go there. It's pretty crazy. It's it's really not what you're all about. So so I've had this experience a few times. Yeah. And and each time, you get to a new environment, and you know basically if you say you're a Christian, or if you say I went to this school or whatever, people are automatically going to kind of assume what you're all about. Before yeah. they even meet well, you, they're going to paint you. They're going to put you in a box. They're totally. Gonna paint. Yeah. Totally. And so when you're in your mid twenties, 
you're super insecure about that. And, you know, by the time you're in your late 40s, you've mastered your insecurity a little yeah. bit. But back then, you're like, man, if these guys find out about me, man, I'm going to get run right out of here. And and us, in addition to all that, you're from Market 166, mm-hmm. and you move directly to Market 5, and you're like, I just won the lottery. I, my only job is not to screw this up. Yeah. You know, and well, so and here you are. And so, well, yeah, but but a lot of that is all these, as you pretty pretty well noted, is 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 all these situations where you're you're trying to navigate, you know, people assuming things about you, whether it makes you uncomfortable or not. You, you're not even worried about that as much as you're worried about, OK, how is this going to play? You know, how is this going to affect my ability to stay right in market five, you know? Yeah. So, so at first it's just, you're just like survival. Yeah. Yeah. But what I, well, two things, one, I guess you are maybe the most, I don't know if I'd say most serious, but Bob is sneaky, sneaky, funny. One of the funnier guys there, you just working with you every day for the time that I did you and, and Dan together. I mean, your jokes are like the jokes where you have to like, Think for a second, then you're like, oh, oh, but you say it just so casually. And I guess that's why you've made it where you've made it, because that's what radio is. It's got to get it's good. Sneak in and get it's out. It's fun. Yeah. Yes. So I don't want to discredit your your humor um, at all while we're here and saying that you're more serious. Um, but also kind of in reference to everything that you were just saying about about who you were and fitting in. And these are all these goobers here. What's this going to be like? And I'm, you know, the the Christian one. I feel like you and you can tell me yes or no, have done a really good job of sticking to who you are, sticking to your morals, standing by your faith, um, standing by your convictions, whatever that may be, through all of this craziness around you. And, and you almost understand that a lot of this is entertainment, right? Yeah. These guys are doing what they're doing to be entertainers. And and I feel like you've done a good job of being you. Well, I thank you for saying that. I would also say I would have to cut it into different eras because for the first seven or eight years, I was terrified of being different. Uh-huh. And, and part of that was, again, super insecure, super paranoid about being sent back to market 166. Um, I remember you know, when my father-in-law was still with us and me talking to him about marrying his daughter, that sort of thing, he could not fathom that you could talk about sports and support his daughter, yeah. basically. Yeah. And so with that is is just this, man, I've got to make this work. I've got to be successful. I've got to prove to him and anybody else that, like, you. and, and keep in mind, back then, sports talk was not a career. It yeah. was like, it was like, you know, a small part of a news talk radio station. It wasn't the whole format. I'm that old that I, you know, it's kind of like the book outliers describes, you know, where, where just your timing is everything in your career. And like Steve jobs being at Michigan at just the right time. I think it was Steve jobs, but he was at Michigan right when he was old enough to be a student, but young enough that he didn't have a social life. And here's this computer that shows up and just, Hey, play with it and figure it out. And he did, and he became Steve Jobs. And so that for me, that was sports radio. But when I entered you know, high school, it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. By the time I left college, they're looking for guys like me to sort of fill all of these spots. They needed sports nerds. And so being a sports nerd at a extremely high level, if I, if I come along in 2021, all those jobs are sort of taken. But if I come along in 1994, they're like, you know, 
you're just usher you in, you know, basically that sort of thing. And so the anyway, timing was perfect. Yeah. The timing was perfect for that, but I wasn't ready to like be a public Christian guy, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I, not that I was knocking off convenience stores or, you know, robbing <laughs> banks or anything like that, but I was, I was super low profile. And, and then I had kind of an epiphany that, um, not to get too serious here, but, uh, yeah. my, 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 my family and I love them very much. I just have, uh, broken away just a little bit and kind of been my own guy for a while. But my younger brother is almost me. Like he's very similar in looks in mm -hmm. voice and premature baldness and just all these things. I've heard him on. Did he come yeah. On the air and he's, and yeah. he's a pastor and a U.S. army chaplain. So he's wow. taking, so he's taking the skill set and his religious background and he's using it to further, you know, the kingdom or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm laughing at fart jokes. Right. <laughs> and so, so somewhere in around my 30th birthday was this big epiphany that, you know, you're, you're here for a reason. These doors have opened for a reason. Be you, yeah. you know, and people will be fine with that Yep. and they're not going to run you out of town because you know what you do on Sundays or whatever, you know, whatever. So, 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 because I, I never wanted to work at some Christian radio station. That, that sounds super boring to me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and well, by the way, for those people, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, but I will say, too, though, I feel like there, I hate that for those of, well, I'm a Christian. I hate that for those of us that are Christians that feel like we can, we kind of, you kind of hide behind it. You hide right. behind that faith. And if, if someone thanks God, you're like, Oh, the, the thank God. <laughs> right, like, right. like I really like, I, I don't know about like, I do thank God like right. every day right. uh, at multiple times, like for various reasons. I mean, I, I do pray. I sure. do, you know, all those things. Yeah. Um, and I don't ever want to be at a point where I'm like, Oh yeah, I said prayers and right. God. And you know, I mean, it's like, that's part of, that's part of who I am. If that's not your jam, that's fine. Totally. I'll talk to you about it all day long about my faith. And I, let me tell you something. I don't know shit about the Bible. Right. I just know about <laughs> right, my right. faith. I know about what a sentence. The, We've had, well, yeah, that, that's the throw, I mean, but, throw pillow you know, slogan. <laughs> I don't know shit yeah, about the yeah, Bible. Yeah, that's great. But like we had my pastor on and, um, and, and we talked a long time about that and about like, you know, and it was funny because I was like, oh, when I texted him, if he would come on and yeah. he was like, oh yeah, I listen all the time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He Been listens there. to us. He's gonna get kicked and out I'm of the like, church. And he's like, so why, why, why are you, why do, you, why, why do you, why are you so worried? I'm like, I don't know because it's kind of like what I try not to cuss around my kids. Like right, I right. put you kind of in the same box as my kids. Totally. And, um, and he he's so he's so relatable. And I feel like that's what my my papa was a Baptist preacher. My dad went completely up the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. We went to church on our own. Right. Um. And so, it, like I said, I can't give you a whole lot of like. I don't know, like background. And no, but well, I mean, but you don't stuff, have to. But right? it's like I have, I have this faith, and it's been created by the people that have been in my life, right? And I don't ever want to hide behind that. I don't ever want to pretend like I don't have it. Yeah. I don't ever want to pretend that. Nor do I ever want to impose it upon anyone. I want right. to tell people about it if they would like, are so inclined and would like to sure. hear about it. Uh, it's not something I hide. Um, it's not something I try to impose upon people, but also too, I don't, I feel like there, there shouldn't be this, like, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to sit back nah, here and you know go to it, church. You know what and, that is? That's, that's, you know, because legalism is confused for faith. Like, like, and this, this is what's in my head because I was raised in it is that, uh, we are very quick as at least in the seventies and eighties, this was huge is that 
we if we can make a series of rules uh, part of faith, then then our kids will never misbehave. And so I was raised in the you don't know, you know girls don't wear shorts. Uh, you know I wore a tie for most of my uh, you know upbringing all the way through college. I like wore a tie all the time, thousands of times. And that's maybe why I love flip-flops so much now. <laughs> but but it was absolutely like I I would have got kicked out of my school if I was caught going in or out of a movie theater. Doesn't matter what the movie wow. was. Does not yeah, matter what crazy. the movie was. And that was crazy to me. And I didn't really think that had anything to do with faith. And now, uh, not to tiptoe over to this topic, but now we confuse politics for faith. Uh-huh. And and the idea that well I mean uh, there's there's clearly this issue that uh, that uh, God feels very strongly of and I say yeah of course there is but what about these ten you know and I, I even had this conversation with my dad you know because uh, we probably know what political issue we're talking about here mm-hmm. but I said hey you know I get that this one issue is you know the one issue that controls how people vote but are you willing to give up ten of these for one of those I mean at what point how about 20? At what point is your breaking point where this one issue, mm-hmm. this one issue is not going to determine how you see the world? And I got to that point, you know, and, 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 and I, uh, and I, I'm not in any way ashamed to say I got to the point where we tipped way too far for this one issue and, and, and you lost me. So if, if being, you know, a child of God means I vote this particular way every time, well, then I'm out. You know, and I, by the way, I don't really think that the God I believe in is terribly interested in the borders we've drawn on a map. I've said that a million times. You know, I I think, I think we're all God's children, which is why I feel like I do about adoption and immigration and, and all these other things that, you know, so, so I, I, I realize, uh, it's always real popular to switch things to politics, but I, but I do think, you know, whether it's, it's, you know, how long your hair is as a dude and does it touch your ears? And, and, uh, you know, did you, did you, uh, uh, you know, go to church three times this week or just once, you know, and just all these things that we confuse for faith has basically turned off the galaxy to faith. Right. And, and And I, and I would like to bring it back a little bit to, Hey, some of us are normal and, 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 uh, and, and we're, we're totally cool with uh, understanding the the main thrust of the whole thing is love. Is mm-hmm. that uh, is that uh, you know uh, in my case Jesus loves you know you, but he also loves the person completely the opposite of you, and and, and it's okay to live your life like that. But I had to get past the thought that if I say things like that, my entire career is gonna because you right. learned that it won't, yeah. and I bet you've. I don't know if you've been surprised by how many people are thankful that you say those things or say that they agree with you. I mean, it really teaches me that God's a real thing. Yeah. Because um, that epiphany happened, I always say in 2005. So I guess technically I was about 33. And I remember just thinking, there's got to be more to this. And there's got to be more to life. Like, I I, I always hoped I would get to this level. I mean, honestly, I kind of hoped I was going to play in the NBA. And then I hoped I was going to (laughs) play by play for NHL team. But, but once I got to a dream I could achieve, um, I, I reached it and it kind of felt like, huh? So what was the point to all this? I don't really get, I mean, it's a cool SUV. It's (laughs) fun to go to Starbucks, but what are we doing here? Yeah. And so 2005, 
um, I, I ended up sort of looking for something and whatever that means. Um, for me, I, I, I would say by coincidence, but of course, I, you know, I've just told you I believe in God, so I, I suppose he made this happen. But uh, there was a missions uh, thing that Sunday at church, and it sounds so hokey to say it that way, but I swear to you, the timing was I hit this like Friday and then Sunday. A group of guys I sort of knew were like, dude, you should come to Guatemala with us. I'm like, man, I don't know, man. It's football season. I'm busy. No, 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 no. We can leave Wednesday night. We'll have you back for Cowboys kickoff. We swear. We're going to go to Guatemala. <laughs> it's a two-hour flight. No problem. Yeah. And we will change your life in four days. I'm like, okay. I guess I don't have a good excuse. Yeah. So I, went, so I took two days off work, Thursday and Friday. I was back by, uh, you know, the Cowboys, uh, you know, kickoff mm-hmm. because – isn't that important? It right. is. And, Most important. And, uh, you know, that changed my life because uh, I, you know, spent that weekend basically hanging out with with orphans. And, and uh, you know, that that led to another trip to Guatemala and another one and another one. And then take your wife. And then that leads to, man, should we be adopting one of these kiddos? And that led to adoption. And, you know, and then you're telling these stories on the air and, 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 you know, people are actually telling me that they adopted because they heard me tell, you know, and, wow. and so you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, I've put you in touch with a guy I worked with. Yeah. That, that yeah. Had a, it, had a similar It's just story, bizarre. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want to go back to, so what's the point of all this? I assume this microphone reaches people yep. and, and, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe, my faith said, say something into the mic. It's not going to get you fired. You might actually affect people's lives for good. And, you know, that led to like drop your pants and all these other things that we've done. And, and it's not me, it's, but it's having a little courage to be yourself, mm-hmm. you know, which, which leads to all these things. So, and isn't that a beautiful place when you get oh to that, gosh. when you get to that age and that stage in your life where like, you're just like, you're like this, eh, is, this is me. This is me. Yeah. Like, and, and warts and all what, you know, everything. Yeah. And, and, and some people act differently around you because they're trying to respect you. Some are, you know, because you annoy them, but, but still others are like, that's my guy. You know, that's, that represents me. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like I can listen to the ticket because my guy's on there. And if, if he can work up there, well then I, you know, and just, so, so anyway, it's, it's weird. We, we all want to think we sort of control our, our path. Uh, and if we work a little harder, we can get that door to open for us. And in some ways, you know, you're, you're kind of in control. And in other ways you, you feel these doors open up because you're doing what you're supposed to do or you're not, I don't know. It's weird. So I want to ask you about, I, I wanted to segue into the adoption. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you had two children prior right. ages at the time. Well, oh, geez, at the time. Um, well, we, it's a long, it's a two year process, but, but we have a uh, sweet daughter born in 02 and a sweet son born in 04. And so we got son, daughter, we're good. Uh, we got two kids, we're set. I probably didn't take Sally to Guatemala till 2008. And then our third kiddo, Justin, uh, joined us in 2011. Okay. When did you meet Justin? Did you meet him long before you actually uh, got okay. custody of him? Well, so you start this process and you're like, we should adopt. And I think that's, did I say 2008? So, so by 2009, we're doing paperwork. We're like, we're going to adopt and we're going to adopt from a Spanish speaking country because my wife is Mexican. And, uh, 
even though my Spanish is better. And, oh, and uh, she knows. And <laughs> if you get her in the just the right mood, she'll admit it. But um, uh, so we, we start saying, uh, you know, Spanish speaking child because uh, her dad literally swam the Rio Grande. So when, okay. when people are like, yeah, why do you feel like you do about immigration? Well, there's a really <laughs> well, good reason. Yeah, no kidding. I, I married into a, a guy who spent 40 years as a police sergeant in Wisconsin after swimming the river. Wow. Which is incredible. It's just, it's a great American yeah. story to me, but it didn't start with, you know, uh, him filling out paperwork. You know, he just went to go chase his dream yep. uh, as a teenager. So I, I just, I think that's cool. And I realize we have to figure out how to handle all that stuff. And that wasn't what you asked me. So anyway, <laughs> um, we, we wanted to go to Guatemala for, to adopt. Cause I had done like 10 mission trips there and we're filling out the paperwork. And at that precise time, Guatemala closes its international adoptions, not because it wanted to. Um, there is something I think called the Hague, uh, something or other that closed it for him. It's like a worldwide adoption thing. Okay. And Guatemala was guilty of baby farms. Oh no. So they have, um, all these countries in Central America and probably all over the world that aren't super rich like ours, um, have a orphan problem. Okay. And so at one point the number was like 140 million orphans. That feels like an impossible number. But let's just say it's 40 million orphans. Doesn't that still sound like a lot? Yeah. And, and and so worldwide, uh, millions and millions and millions of orphans. And uh, so so each country has their kiddos that need to be adopted. They would love it if it's domestic. But uh, now that international, maybe some of these people from rich countries can help us out. And that's where we came in. We were like, you know, it's fun going down there on trips. We bring them shoes. We buy them pizza. We play soccer. But then in three days, it's over. Yeah. And they're still orphans. Yeah. So um, we, Guatemala had orphans, tons of them. Okay. But the Guatemala uh, uh, import or export, number one, coffee, number two, kids. Really? It's a huge moneymaker. So wow. what, was, what was happening was these orphans were not getting adopted. They were making babies because so many American couples want uh, newborns mm. when they adopt. I get it. But, uh, but that meant the orphans were never actually getting adopted. They were paying teenage girls to have brand new babies, ah. and we can adopt these way easier, right? And so Guatemala was caught doing that and people are like, well, why didn't, why didn't Guatemala stop it? And I always say, well, they can't run elections very well. They're not going to be able to stop the people that see babies as a incredible moneymaker. Yeah. Wow. A commodity. Jeez. So you can, you know, you can charge an American family 30 or 40 grand for a fresh baby and you can pay a teenage girl there like 200 bucks to have that baby mm. and the rest is like pure profit mm. and everybody's like stop making babies we're trying to help the orphans here so so that you know the whole point. that's the whole point well they you know they couldn't get that handled as well as i understand and and if you are uh um you know an expert on guatemalan adoptions and if i got any of this wrong i i greatly apologize but it's as i understand it so guatemala closes and the adoption agency, Buckner, right here in town, yeah. says, uh, well, what about China? What about Russia? What about um, Kenya? We have a number of other countries. And we're like, man, 
we know Jesus loves all the children of the world. We feel compelled that there is a Spanish speaking kiddo that, that yeah, and you had been us. there and you had seen yes. it with your own eyes and yeah. yes. And so Guatemala's closed and they said, you know, nothing for like six months. And then, Hey, Honduras is about to open up. Honduras is the next door neighbor of Guatemala. And, uh, they had never really done international adoptions, at least to the United States, I think. And, uh, they said, would you be interested in Honduras? We had never been there, but Guatemala, Honduras, tomato, tomato, they're touching each other in Central America. Yes, we would. And so long story longer, uh, we were the first U S family, I think to adopt a Honduran kiddo. Wow. And, um, so when did we meet him? I was on a stars road trip. And we were doing bad radio from a studio in Vancouver uh, in February of 2011, which ended up being quite a year for me because uh, uh, Packers won mm-hmm. in Dallas. Mavs. Mavs won. Rangers were in the World Series. So Not quite as happy. And I wrote that Mavs book, and you we adopted did. a kiddo. Not in wow. that order. The kiddo comes first. Anyway, um, so in February... I get an email from my wife that because uh, we told the adoption agency that we are open to whoever God puts on our plate because you wouldn't believe the questionnaires and the oh I can only imagine and you also go to um, the children's hospital um, in Dallas uh, which one the one where Kennedy was taken Parkland Parkland we go to Parkland and we we met up with this great doctor and she walked us through this questionnaire which is basically. What sort of conditions are you open to for an international adopted kid? Because this is a very serious thing, and yeah. you need to know that many of these kiddos, in fact, almost all of them, will have a special need of some sort. And what are you open to? And we, you know, we're, we're trying to be like, well, I mean, this. I think we can handle this, and I think we can handle this. And they tell you, here's the thing: like seventy-five percent of pregnant women drink in Central America. It's not really a big hang-up like it is here. Uh, so, so you have a number of things that come with that. Then you've got, uh, you know, cleft palate, you got uh, all these, you know, I mean, everything in the world for like special needs or, or conditions that kiddos are born with. And then, you know, orphans, some families down there are so poor that it almost, you know, it's almost like if anything's wrong with this baby, you know, we're giving it up. Because we can afford like one baby yeah. and we want it to be perfect sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's we're not, rough. We're not equipped to handle this. Yeah. yeah. And so Sally and I, you know, we did say no to a few things. Like I said, there were like 250 questions. It was crazy. We, you know, we, we, we said, well, maybe we're not equipped to do that one or that one, but every, everything else, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Then they're like, okay, well, what ages, what gender? And the thing about this is that's an important question. The age one. Because like we said, most people adopt because they can't have their own children. Uh, In no way, shape, or form am I saying that makes them a different uh, category because every kid needs a great home. It doesn't matter. But I will tell you, whatever you move the slider to on the age. Going at the high end? They're going to go high end. Yeah. So we said zero to four. Why did we say zero to four? Because uh, um, our youngest kiddo was five at the time. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want an older kid, perhaps, you know, your mind plays tricks on you, but you don't want the older kid bullying your your kid. And so you're like, okay, well, we need our adopted kiddo to be the youngest. Right. We just do. Yeah. Because we love our scene. We want to add to our scene. It's definitely going to change, but we don't want 
any of our uh, current kiddos to feel like uh, they're threatened in any way. So we go all the way to four and being, you know, <laughs> the first one they gave us is a four-year-old and uh, it's Justin. And we, we had been praying like whatever that picture is, thumbs up from us where, you know, cause you know, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing, right? They, they, yeah. what about this one? Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You, you know. You're sending me a picture. A picture. And how am I supposed to thumbs down <laughs> a know. baby that you're sending us? And so, uh, so, so saw the picture in Vancouver doing bad radio during a break. Oh my goodness. Uh, in, in, during a break in February. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this picture of this cute little kid. And uh, and I'm like, of course, yes. And Sally's, yeah, of course, yes. And we sent it right back to him. They set up a visit with him in April. And so that was its own crazy experience, including him punching me in the face. Mm. And uh, I probably deserved it. I, 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 <laughs> I always tell myself there's a good chance I'm the first white person he had ever met. Right. I mean, imagine that. Yeah. Imagine like me being the first <laughs> white person it. you ever meet uh for a, for a cute little honduran kid and uh so and, and you know of course it, it had its ups and downs that little four four day get together but again oh, yeah. but again we're uh we're at breakfast the final day after we dropped him off and we're you know my my wife and i are both like you know kind of eating breakfast quietly and i'm like telling her like listen we can get out of this right now if you want. Like, if we're not feeling this is right, nobody's going to judge us. We can come up with something and, you know, we, we, we can do what we want to do. Let's not do this because we feel like we're pot committed. Let's do this because this is our mission. This mm-hmm. is our calling. And, uh, you know, we had we, we had a, uh, a tearful breakfast, you know, trying to sort out, yeah, this is big. This is big. Yeah. And then at the end, we're like, we're doing it. Wow. And and so now we're doing it. And now you got May, June, July, and part of August where you're basically on call. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess, papers and customs or whatever it is, not even, maybe not even customs, but they have to, they have to make sure you're not involved in child trafficking. Okay. And there's so much child trafficking in this world that basically the U.S. and Honduras have to do their own investigations and, you know, figure out whose kid is this. Right. He's an orphan. Uh, but, you know, just all these things and, and and make sure it's above board. And then finally in August, they're like, come on. And this is where I have to be thankful to the ticket forever and ever, regardless of, uh, you know, what that means is, you know, I just told them, I'm like, this is super important to me. I hope it doesn't hit during cowboy season, but I'm, I need to be gone for four to six weeks to go live in Honduras to make this adoption happen. And I'm like, ah, I'm sure it's April. I'm sure it won't happen right. during cowboy season. And of course, August 30th was day one. And I didn't come back till like week six of the season. So I'm, you know, I'm one of their football guys and I missed six weeks of football season. And the ticket was so cool about it. Um, and they're just like, Hey, come back when you're ready. And, uh, we got back and had Justin with us and it was 40 days. So if you like your biblical analogies, you know, it was 40 days in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. And, uh, and now he's, uh, 15 and, uh, he has trouble getting out of bed just like our other teenagers. Yeah. Just like him. Yeah. Um, I have an interesting question. There's obviously so many questions we could ask about Justin and your family and how it's all gone, but I'm wondering, did all of that 
make your marriage stronger and your relationship stronger. That's a lot to yeah. go through. Um, Just doing something like that together yeah, is huge. No, I think so. But yeah. it also tests it in ways, yeah. you know, like, like um, it's a weird deal because there's no doubt if you get, if you do something like that, that you feel like, and trust me, this has been my only girlfriend of my whole life. So yeah. I wasn't actually thinking this, but I thought, gosh, once you do an adoption, if you were to get a divorce after that, it would look so lousy. Like yeah. you adopted a kid and then you and then broke you up. Like and now he's in a. Right. You, you know, make, yeah. like, you have to like, like sell yourself even to the agency. Like we're like you're signing. We've got up. it together. Yes. Like, you're signing up for a lifetime contract with your spouse, which, which wasn't <laughs> difficult to me uh, because, again, going back to my. My weird upbringing. Yeah, I've, but it is an I've extra layer of commitment. one girl in my life, everybody. So, yeah, um, one girl. One girl. Good for you. Yeah, I mean, I assume That's she's, awesome. I, me too. I'm sure she's good at kissing, but. Uh, <laughs> you didn't get my joke by me too. No, I, I no, actually enjoyed I it very much. I, she said, I've only kissed one girl in my life, and I said, me too. Oh. It was solid. It's solid comedy. Yeah, like I, <laughs> I really, I really like haven't kissed saying. another girl. Like, but have like you that. kissed one? No, I haven't. Not like that. That's where the error is in the joke, I feel like. Okay, sorry. Well, what are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. But you were, I thought you were saying you had, unless we count moms. Felt Daughters? Like, felt like you were high grounding her on the number of girls <laughs> you've kissed, <laughs> to be honest. I'm with you. I'm with you. I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> that'd be funny, though. I was. It would be funny. Oh, just one? Uh, <laughs> yeah, talk to See, me. That would have been, didn't go to college. This is what I was hoping for, Julie. Talk to me when you have this many. <laughs> this is... <laughs> It's kind of what I was hoping for when I lobbed that out there. Okay. There we go. There we go. Now we're in. Now we're cooking. Might have taken the scene. I showed up. I showed up. No, you know what's interesting about about that experience, though, is we all process it at our own speeds. Yeah. And and what what I mean about that is the concept of carrying a child versus adopting a four-year-old is a wildly different experience just from the sense of like a mom's love for a kid does not. It's like saying, you know, how do you get up to speed on the freeway? You don't just hit start on your car and you're going 80. You have to, you have to ramp up. Yeah. And so, you know, the question that I think you ask yourself internally, and I'm not just speaking of my wife, I'm speaking of me is, when do you love that child at the same level of your biological children? Because I absolutely feel like I do, but did I always? And, 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 you know, I, I am the type of person that I do probably flip a light switch the second I commit to something, Mm -hmm. but it's not normal. Normal is Easing in a little yes. bit. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, 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 and growing into it. And, <laughs> and, uh, if he does punch you in the face, you're like, who is this kid? And, and where, you know, whereas your kid, you, you know, your, your actual child could lash out at you and you might even laugh, uh, mm-hmm. at least the second they leave the room. And, and, but as if it's a stranger kid, you would be like, who's just kid, a different, whose kid is this? Yeah. And so, um, I do think there are natural things where you're trying to convince yourself that he is forever in our family sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and what a weird conversation to have. But I, I thought, 
I thought you ladies wanted to get real here. We're getting real, and, and, and Bob. So, we always do. And, and so it's it's uh, that first little while every day he's more part of the family, but then you sign up and you you actually say to them, it's important to us that he's Spanish-speaking. Well, then the problem with that is your family isn't. Uh-huh. And so now you're trying to learn these barriers as he's trying to learn freaking English and you're trying to do better than like first grader Spanish. Right. And it's all uh, hard enough without the language yes, barrier, yes. but at the same time, well, we wanted a high you, degree of difficulty. Well, you yeah. put value in his, in, yes. in who he was and right. in the language he spoke. And so you just deal with it. Yeah. I guess, and, right? and so from, so I remember, uh, our kids who you want to talk about, Sally and I being, you know, everything's a blur. Well, how about being like a five-year-old and a seven-year-old who, mm-hmm. who, first of all, you're going to Honduras for the first time because they weren't on that trip in April, but we're telling them about the trip. We're showing them pictures. And so you now the five-year-old is grew up in Capel. Right. And Kids are going to Disney or whatever. Yeah, and you're and like, here we go. We're going to live in yeah. Honduras for six weeks. Well, what does that mean? Well, pack some coloring books. And, uh, you know, it's, it's gosh, just traveling with kids is hard enough in I, general. Like it was so weird. And I remember, uh, Brettito, my, uh, our biological son, um, Brett, as some might call him here in the States, here mm-hmm. in the States. Uh, but, but I remember him, um, when he was far more innocent and, uh, far more huggable. I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, not. <laughs> but, uh, he, he, you know, because he's the boy and he's five and this kid's four, uh, they're in the same stuff. They're sh- sharing toys, even though that means Brett, just let him play with whatever you're playing with. And I yeah. remember him basically wondering, when we get to take him back. Yeah. And like and that's that's, the whole. that's that moment of clarity that this isn't a play date. This is uh this is how it's going to be. And so at first dad thought, well, bunk beds, buddies, best friends. Oh. And then my wife is like, uh, I kind of think they need their own space. Uh, I think we're throwing a lot at Brett mm-hmm. right now. And Justin is all up in everyone's business because, you know, he's lived in an orphanage where right. there are 40 kids in a room. So personal space isn't really something, you know, so oh, yeah. there's a lot of those little details that, that, you know, a decade later are kind of fun to reveal to people that care. But, uh, but uh, at the, at the time we're, we're freaking out a little bit under yeah. the, underneath the surface just yeah. because, you know, you want, if you're second guessing everything with your own biological kids imagine your second guesses with introducing you know the new fish to the aquarium and just hoping they all play nice together and probably another layer of it too is and you've said as much but it's like when you're dealing with stuff with your own kids and and siblings um that's just the way it, it is they're your kids but when you have that added layer of this is a decision that we made right like we brought this yes into our life and into our kids' lives. So I imagine it's just a whole nother layer. It's- yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard that people like buy a dog and then two weeks later oh. are like, uh, we got to give remorse. it back. Yeah. And, and there's no there's doing that, that in this game. I mean, it's how the lousy exact would that opposite. look? Like, no take uh, backs. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't right. work out as well as we thought. <laughs> no, I mean, we're in, we're in. And so, yeah, I suppose that could really test everything. And it probably did. And maybe I'll never truly know the the effects other than, you know, you just 
put one stack one day on top of the next and 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 just hope that everybody feels loved and everybody feels comfortable Good. and everybody is in a better place and you know at some point very soon uh i i've promised justin to take him back to honduras to kind of show him all the spots and i think that's a really important thing because when when we were kids adoption was like a secret mm -hmm. oh yeah and there was a point that the adopted kid, like at age 16, might find out he's adopted. Right. And I think at the time we thought we were doing the right thing as a society. But that is a absolute no-no these days. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there's books and research and obviously a whole generation of adopted kids that would say, don't do that to the next group. But, um, but yeah, our, our process was like, from the get-go, you know, it's not your whole identity, but it's part of your story. Right. And it's your story. So if you're uncomfortable with, you know, dad going on podcasts, whatever those might be someday, <laughs> and talking about it, you know, at, at any point, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll reel it in. But I, I do think it, it helps people kind of understand what the experience is like to, to talk about it. But more than anything, we didn't want any of this to be a secret to him. Yeah. Now he's four, so you'll remember things, and you know we're not going to be able to convince you you were born in Capel. Yeah, and, and there are still things he remembers, but I, I don't know how much of that is like a construct of his brain versus real memories, and it's it's a it's it's an interesting process. But through it all, I think it's important to like hold on to the Honduran part of his life. Of course. And, and, and really I try to convince him this. And, and again, I apologize if I'm wandering off the road from time to time, but I try to convince him all the time that Spanish is your friend. Ugh. And, and so true. Well, if you're, if you've lived two lives, one in an orphanage and one in DFW suburbia, yeah, you're going to opt for this one. Yeah. You just are. Um, swimming pools are cool, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. uh, square footage is cool. Uh, whatever. I mean, I, I'm just saying, I, you know, I love Honduras. I really do, but, but I do prefer Capel. And, uh, with that for him compartmentally in his brain, Spanish, English. Yeah. And I try to say to him, buddy, oh. you have this enormous oh my gosh. gift yeah. of you have a skin color that is so comforting to millions of people from that part of the world. And if you kind of refuse Spanish in your life, uh, you're, you're going to miss out on touching so many lives. I'm not pushing you into it, but I'm just saying don't push Spanish away and just embrace English. If, if your entire appearance says I'm from Honduras, uh, that's going to mean so much to people. You can bless so many people that I can't because I don't make them feel comfortable because I'm this giant, weird-looking white guy. It, you know, if we're going to go to the same places and you will be embraced and I will, they'll be looking at me with a side with a side eye. Yeah. And so I, I've tried to express that to him. It's a work in progress, but um, it's it's. You know, it's it's a it's a super complex thing, but part of that is we got to go back. We got to yeah. go back to Honduras. We got to show you this lady was, you know, a nurse or a teacher at the, the orphanage. This lady 
you know, helped our whole family through the adoption process. You know, this dude, you know, or this is the hospital and the, you know, whatever. And, and so we're pretty close to that. I, I you know, I still want to wait as long as possible till he really kind of initiates it a little more, but um, I'm looking forward to getting back there. So what is the relationship now like with his siblings? Uh, great. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, listen, all siblings. Right. Yeah. I That's mean, the thing. Right. Is you're like, okay, so how do normal brothers feel about right, each other? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it's excellent. Um, he's, uh, his own dude as they all are. Um, my girl is off trying to conquer the world at, at college already. And, uh, my oldest son is trying to figure out, you know, what he wants to do on a day by day or for the rest of his life basis. And that's really complicated that's to him easy. because he's like, dad, I really don't care about sports. And I'm like, I know, I, I, I didn't want to make you care about it. I, you <laughs> know, I'm, I'm happy, you know, whatever. That's good. There's way yeah. better jobs. If you yeah. don't care about sports, Absolutely. don't get sucked into this. And then, uh, and then Justin as I suppose part of his background, but he just took to, he wants to play soccer all the time and, uh, he's pretty good at it. So, um, you know, we, we, we get him involved in, in all those things, but, but in general, you know, it's fun to come home and those two are watching movies or playing video games together and, you know, or run into McDonald's now that the older one has a driver's license. Oh, and so, yeah. so, so they, I, I don't think Brett wants to take Justin back anymore. I think, <laughs> I, I think the 11 years has changed, changed his view on that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's good. And, uh, how's, uh, having a daughter in college? weird yeah super weird was yeah. it super emotional taking her and yeah. then coming back home and yeah looking it in was. Her room and no it, it kicked my butt yeah it kicked my butt quite a bit i i uh, didn't know it would um uh, well i probably guessed it would gosh so, i can't imagine yeah i can't imagine so, kelly like i'm just looking at anna now yeah. and as, sim- as sentimental as he gets with her right and there is that daughter father daddy thing, thing yeah. going it's a big deal and and uh we you know we redshirted her in kindergarten Yep. Because Same. Redshirt of both my kids. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, because there's stigma with that, that yeah. you guys are trying to game the system so she can get a scholarship. Yeah, breed some athletes, bro. She never played a game in her life. Trust me. She wasn't trying to game the system. But I remember the kindergarten teacher was like, look, she's the youngest kid in here. She's great. She's killing it with the academics. But as far as like social skills, you could tell she's the youngest mm-hmm. one in here. If you have her go around again, she'll be the oldest one in here. And I think you'll be happy about that. And I was kind of old school dad at the time thinking that sounds dumb. You know, she just needs to toughen up. Mm-hmm. But, but I remember my wife and I talking about her like, well, let's work ahead here. When she's 18, she can either be the youngest college freshman, which is what I was. And it was right. sucked. Or she can have that entire year living with mom and dad and then be that much further down the road in life when she's on a college campus. So, you know, she brings it up periodically that we, uh, we, we held her from conquering the world for a year, <laughs> but, but it gave me a year to kind of see how independent she was. And frankly, during that year, you kind of almost feel like a landlord renter experience yeah. where, where she's in the house, but uh, you know, you, you're just like, you just get called if something breaks, right. yep. you know? Right. And, and so she was ready and, but, but unpacking and leaving her at college station was, was really tough on me. 
And, and so, you know, now, so we look for excuses. We, we go to a bunch of football games and they're fun, but we're really doing it so we can see our daughter every two weeks, you know, right. that sort of thing. So. Okay. We have got, I got one more thing to ask, but we got to get into a couple yep. sponsors. Uh, you want to start? You want me to? Sure. And I know we can got, talk quickly got, about you have um, actual, he has a real job, real job. We can talk quickly about globe life and the job market. We're talking about growing up, trying to figure out what you're going to do when you grow up. And if you thought you figured it out, maybe you didn't. Well, check out Globe Life. The job market right now is a different landscape than it used to be, whether you're attempting to balance your work and home life or find a career that aligns with your goals and needs. It's a lot to juggle. We're already juggling a lot in life. So it doesn't have to be your career. If you're looking for a career path that offers you a flexible schedule, the ability to make a difference, and the independence to build your own business, take a look at Globe Life. Anyone who has watched the Rangers knows the name Globe Life, but people may not know how much opportunity is really there. I know that I didn't until we started doing these spots. Um, you also may not know how many successful women thrive in their careers with Globe Life. If you've never considered the insurance industry, you should know a growing number of women are finding true success in it. Globe Life has been around for a long time. Generations, they pride themselves on their commitment to make tomorrow better. They have various business models, virtual or in person. You can find success wherever you are. You will get paid what you're worth. You can keep a flexible schedule. You can find meaning in your career all while being engaged in what matters most at home, which is a lot. That's all we've been talking about for an hour is what matters most at home. Reach out to Globe Life today at globelifeagents.com. It could change your trajectory in a way you never thought possible. That's globelifeagents.com to discover what a career at Globe Life can do for you. And I feel like our next sponsor and Globe Life are very much in line with what they're trying to do and why we are so appreciative of them being sponsors. And of course, I'm talking about Next Step Recruiting, which places direct hire contract and contract to hire candidates in various industries, including IT, finance and accounting, human resources and administrative. They've got three offices in Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, or Dallas, Fort Worth and Austin, supporting over 250 small to fortune 100 companies across the United States. Uh, one of my favorite People at Next Step Recruiting is the uh, head boss in charge, Nikki Coyman. She's a year-over-year multi-million dollar producer that is a mom to three, wife and co-owner and VP of Next Step Recruiting, all while continuing to be ranked as not one, uh, not one, it is the one. Mm -hmm. Either one, oh, one of, if not the best there you developmental go. professionals it. in the IT staffing industry. So Next Step Recruiting uh, is a, a great resource for so many companies. And I know, especially right now, uh, it's hard to find people to go to work. So look to Next Step Recruiting to help you find people to place in the positions that you need. Next Step Recruiting's dynamic professional services division is comprised of CPA, accounting, and professional HR staff that continuously and vets that successfully and continuously vets all levels oh, of Sweden. professionals from HR to accountants to CFO. <laughs> anyway, Next Step Recruiting, if you are a company that is looking to staff positions, reach out to them. My girl, Nikki Koyman uh, is the boss. And Julie, tell us the website because you're always so good at that. www.nsrusa.com. NSRUSA.com. Okay, last thing for yes. me before we go. Sure. I completely forgot it. You did? I did. I had it in my mind when I said, was it about parenting? Was it about was sports? Not. Did you want to talk not. about the Cowboys? Oh, okay. I know what it was. It was so, about the ticket. Okay. How's it been? The transition. And it's been two years. Yeah. Do you feel like you finally, like, yeah. are you settled? I do. I, I, I think so. Big. 
Yeah, it was weird. That's a that's a talk I, about living in your own head. That's a and I you know what it's as your friend yeah. I could I could tell yeah like that you're like you you had to feel your way out of it and change is hard as shit right yeah and you know you and when you're in the middle of it you love your show yeah you love Ryan's so you love all this stuff you love the hard line as it was you love and then you're hearing from people who hate change and I get it the whole point of the ticket is we get our hooks into you and yeah. you don't want it but to people change. People are going to stay forever. No, but, no, but <laughs> like, they don't care, gonna right? There's going to be change. Yeah, yes. and then and then of course everybody's a PD, right. and so once Ryan's is gone, and once we come to grips with that, well, then we should absolutely all get to vote oh, on course. on what the new shows will be. <laughs> and uh, everybody uh, had an opinion, and and honestly, nobody thought well, Bob on the hard line makes sense. Uh, I guess except the people that made the decision. And, uh, yeah, it was weird because I love Dan and there's no way for people to consume that without thinking, man, I didn't realize they hated each other. Well, we don't, we don't, we talk all the time. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're great friends. And, uh, frankly, we didn't either of us knew, neither of us had any idea what would become of each of our shows. Right. Yeah. Like the hard line could fail with Bob uh, the hang zone could fail with Dan and Jake. Maybe it just doesn't work. This stuff isn't easy. You know, will the audience enjoy it? And, and I think a year and a half later, there are still people with reservations, but I've also learned who cares. Yes. And right. uh, the, the general view is we're, we're doing the best shows we know how, but luckily we're pretty good at doing the best shows we know how. And we all like each other. That's the thing as well is if you, if you are in this, career it really helps if you think that everybody's working super hard and everybody genuinely enjoys working with each other um is it everyone's first choice you know like i said i you know for me i was obviously flattered because that it's a very important spot for the station they need afternoon drive to be successful to remain a successful radio station and if they asked me to be their best version of that guy, then I thought I owed it to them going back to letting me leave for six weeks to hiring me out of Lynchburg in 1998. They've really never asked me to do anything but a good show. Now they're asking me to leave my 21-year show and sort of try to try something new with Corby and give that our best shot to sort of anchor the afternoon part of our radio station. And I thought... Man, it'd be pretty selfish for me to say no, no. Me and Dan, ride or die. You right. know, either He's gonna ride off into the sunset. Either demote Corby to to a spot that he, you know, he didn't deserve that, or just leave us at noon to three and whatever you guys put in the afternoon. Why do we care? We, uh, you know, this isn't our problem. Well, it is our problem. The ticket took us in. They're our friends. They put us on their team. We've benefited. We have big houses because of the ticket. So if they ask one favor out of me, yeah, I should at least give it my best shot. And so we did. It was awkward. Obviously, I heard all the voices saying, what a weird choice. You should have done this. You could have done that. You, what's he doing on this comedy show? He's sports nerd. Whatever. you know. But I think you know, 20 months later... I, I think it's a really good show. And I love that Dan and Jake are a really good show. And so um, is it what it once was? I don't know. But I do know that 
I'm happy going to work and it sounds like Dan's happy too. And Corby is the coolest dude in the world. I, I, I hope the perception. He's such a chameleon. He, he he's can, so he can, nice. Yeah, he can fit in anywhere and, and he he's, can make everyone around him yes. feel comfortable. He's the yeah. nicest human. I and, and I didn't know that. You yeah. know, I, I thought, well, okay, we're buddies, but we've never worked hours and hours and hours, day, you know, weeks after weeks. But now I, did, now I know. Dude is a legitimate great guy. Yeah. 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 And well, so, so are you, it's Bob. Fun. It's well, fun to you. listen to. And we're, we're so happy that you came yeah. in. Thanks for telling your story. Um, yeah. I, I I love to hear it. I think it's fa- it's fascinating to I hear. I talk a lot. Um, you we we make also, a career of it. We also talk a lot. So thank you no, so much for being with us. We it talk about fantastic. all kinds of things on yes. this show, but that we love having the platform to dive deep into something yeah. that we feel like is very interesting and meaningful, and that people will want to hear. And that's exactly what you did for us. I'm honored. So thank you. Did, did it bother it you that Julie's headphones were twisted up the whole time? Oh geez, here she goes again. <laughs> I I thought it was nice. Uh, did I thought you? I, I thought it was nice. I thought she thought she was making. A nice design for me. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, before we sign up, we had to do our last thing. We do the peace signs. We look at you, look in your camera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you just say, Mom. Get your peace signs out. Get your peace signs out. Yeah. And say, Mom game. Yeah. Up. Let's have Bob back, though, in, at some point. We will. Before we. Okay. Deuces. Let's do it. Because okay. we didn't even talk about, not that we have to talk about sports, but we'll talk about sports. We yeah. Talk we more about sports. So much. We even talk about sports. I know. I know, right? Next time. All Next right. time. When the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl. Ooh. Okay. I like it. Confident in. Book it. Book it. Ready? One, two, three. Mom game out. Mom game. Mom game out. Out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.